Hi guys, hope everyone's well and welcome back to the Improvement Podcast. Today I have a special guest, Charlie Everall. So, Charlie, would you like to introduce yourself to people who aren't aware of you? All right, um, thanks for having me on, firstly. Um, it's great to be on. Um, so, obviously, my name is Charlie. Um, I haven't competed yet. I'm an online coach um, and not really an actual bodybuilder. Well, I haven't competed, so I don't know if you can call myself an actual bodybuilder, but... I've been training for around five years. Yeah, around five years. Um, and yeah, just love um, bodybuilding, really, to be honest. Um, the plan is to compete in 2025, so I'm currently just working towards that. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much me, really, to be honest. Like a wannabe natural bodybuilder. Um, but the goal is to do, obviously, fairly well, but we'll see. Um, I haven't competed yet, so yeah, that's pretty much me, mate. Nothing really exciting, to be honest. And yeah, typical kind of average story, I guess. Yeah, typical, you know. Uh, and no yeah, problem exactly. for having you on. So, how exactly did you get yeah, into the gym? Um, so, as I was like growing up, like I was always like a natural, like skinnier guy. Um, so, like growing up, I was always like very, very small. Like I'd get absolutely crushed in like rugby and things like that. Like I was very, very skinny. Um, and then in sixth form, the sixth form that I went to, we had um, sort of like a gym, like within the school there. Um, and that's sort of where I sort of first sort of realized what sort of the gym was, etc. Um, so started like going there like every so often. Um, and then eventually joined like a gym. I think it was like the gym group or something like that. Um, basically just a commercial gym. Um, and that's sort of where I sort of, wanted to get into it really um just because like i wanted to get a bit bigger that's literally it i was obviously really really skinny and wasn't really like built whatsoever to be honest i was basically a paper bag um but yeah just wanted to get a lot bigger um, and then like i met like a few people like i became friends with like one of the pts there um, and then really like got into it um i didn't actually hire a pt but he helped me out a lot and then just sort of like progress and progress like through going to different gyms etc uh, but yeah the reason why i started was mainly just to get like, a lot bigger because i was very naturally very skinny um so yeah we're trying about five years now nice so it definitely helps kind of having someone when you're relatively new to training to kind of like brush ideas off and just to help you out you kind of saved save yourself making a lot of mistakes that you could potentially make if you didn't really have someone there to guide you i believe yeah, 100%. I mean, don't get me wrong. The first few years of my training was absolutely terrible. Um, like, even the stuff that he said, like, looking back was absolutely terrible. Like, don't know why I was listening. Um, at the time, like, it was more than anything anyone else was providing me, you know. So um, I was happy to, like, listen and try it because I knew no better at that point. Um, but yeah. yeah, looking back, it was terrible. Um, but, yeah, the first one of the best. Uh, but to be fair, to be fair... Um, he was actually the person that encouraged me to like document my journey like within Instagram and stuff. So um, if it wasn't for me and him, I probably wouldn't have posted anything on social media. Well, not for a long time anyway. So yeah. um, if you scroll back all the way onto like Instagram, you can see some terrible videos at this commercial gym. Um, but it is really it's all part of the journey, I guess. Yeah, well, let's hope he doesn't listen to this considering his uh, advice is terribly, but... So you mentioned that you've done a uh, rugby. 
So you mentioned the rugby there. Was that a sport you'd done for a good while when you were growing up? or? Um, to be honest, I was more of like a football lad, to be honest, more than rugby. Um, like growing up, like when I was younger, it was always football, football, football. Um, and then as I got a little bit older, um, then it, it sort of transitioned a little bit into rugby, like through sixth form, just like here and there. Um, it was always really football. Um, and then I sort of played a little bit of rugby, then realised, like, actually, I'm very weak. Um, so I should probably, like, get a bit bigger. And that's sort of kind of what led me to the gym. But with I didn't really play rugby that much. It was just sort of, like, the introduction to it. I was like, actually, no, this is not for me. Let me just go to the gym. Yeah, that makes sense. That, that's somewhat similar to myself. Like, I got involved in kind of the gym just to help my judo because I've done judo for a good 10 years when I was younger. Do you think, like, uh, having that experience doing, like, sport in the past kind of transfers over to your ability to kind of train hard from the get-go? Um, definitely think so. Um, like, having some sort of, like, sporting ability. Like, if you look at most people who have, like, an interest within sport, they normally are, like, fairly dedicated to that given sport regardless. So um, if you, therefore, then take an interest within the gym, chances are you're going to be pretty dedicated towards that and, therefore, going to stick at it, Um like long term so eventually um it will have like positive impacts like obviously within your fitness journey and like within the gym itself because you're so used to being dedicated to a singular sport or many sports you know growing up so yeah i definitely think it does help at some point um within your journey for sure i think you can kind of step kind of skip that initial step of just kind of learning what kind of hard work is because a lot of people like you'll join the gym and Obviously, there's the skill requirement of training, getting used to kind of executing movements correctly, but also, like, if it's not backed up by kind of hard work, then you're going to progress at a lot slower rate. Like, I've seen that with clients, like, people who know how to train hard but just don't have, like, experience in the gym, they make, like, progress at quite a fast rate, whereas if you need to kind of teach someone training intensity, then it can take a good while and can influence their progress in that regard. Yeah, or not even, not even just from, like, the intensity standpoint, but just from, like, the dedication of like actually going every single week. Like if you have a, yeah. if you have a sport, for example, chances are you're going to be going to training every single week. You're going to be going to matches, whatever. And that like that was in like dedication from the start. So you see like people like have clients as well that say like, oh yeah, I want to start like um, like going to the gym, getting better, etc. And then after a few weeks, they just like fall off because not because like they don't want it, but like just because they haven't got that routine and like dedication to get started in the first place. And half the time, like people just need to keep going, if that makes sense. And like, even if you don't love it at the start, like I probably didn't love it that much at the start. Like it wasn't I stepped foot in the gym and I fell in love with the dumbbells, you know, um, it's just the consistency of going and going and going. And, and then actually all of a sudden I was like, actually, I really enjoy this. Like, if I didn't have that sort of like dedication and sort of that like, routine from the start and it probably would have never like got to where it is now you know definitely i think it's like a lot of like daily gratification training in the gym because you, you don't get results after maybe you see some progress in terms of maybe your performance uh but it's kind of long-term gratification it's delayed gratification so it is kind of a case of kind of sticking to it for a good while and then you start to see kind of the rewards of your effort so i definitely agree with you there so how long have it have you been coached by AJ now? Uh, it's just gone three years, I believe. So yeah, just gone three years with AJ. Nice. And how how important do you think AJ has been? Or for those who don't know, sorry, I could have touched on that prior. AJ is AJ Morris. He coaches both myself and Charlie. Uh, and 
how kind of pivotal do you think being with AJ has been for your development and what how's it kind of helped you massively absolutely like massively like i know i know for an absolute fact that if i didn't hire aj um like when i did like there's no way i'd be in this position that i am in now like online because there was no way i was making that this amount of progress in this amount of time if i hadn't have had him in my corner because like before hiring him like my knowledge wasn't the best um, and like there was not so many things I was doing wrong, but just so many things that I could have leveled up on, and that's ultimately what's led me to making so much progress. Um, especially with like nutrition and like pushing body weight up, and like actually like sticking to like a long term bulk as well. Um, so yeah, I think with like, if I didn't have him, like I wouldn't be in this position today. Um, and probably similar to you, you know, I'm, how long have you been working with AJ now? Quite a lot, while as well, I believe. I think I just filled in my 175th check-in, so around about the same time frame or similar. Mad. Yeah. Oh, I think, yeah, I think I'm on like 170, so we're actually not far off. Um, yeah. But yeah, you probably like, are similar to me, like leveled you up as well. Yeah, like when I, when I first kind of started with him, like I just thought, right, I need to get my finger out because I looked up to him like so much and... It just kind of took me to kind of another level in terms of my consistency. And I, I just kind of like, because you know you're investing in a service, which is a big kind of valuable thing about getting a coach, is like you're, you're paying, so you're like, right, I'm not going to mess about here. I'm not going to waste my time or my money or his time as well. So you kind of get your finger out in that regard. And like it's from the get-go, like I just started kind of nailing everything and it's not really changed since, if that makes sense. Yeah, 100%, like, especially at the start, like, obviously, like, when I signed up, etc., I had, like, the long-term goal to compete, etc., as probably most of his clients do anyway, but like you said, like, I'm paying, like, a substantial amount of money now every month, and I can't afford to just waste that, like, I need to put it to use, if that makes sense, so, um, like you said, like, put your, pull your finger out, like, actually be consistent, um, and, like, three years later, for the both of us, we've both made a lot of progress, you know? Yeah, you talk, and, uh, so you've been gaining for pretty much like what seems like the majority of the three years. Is that right? Like how much diets have you had in between there? Um, yeah, pretty much most of the three years, to be fair. Um, so in to within like just over three years, I think we've run about 20 weeks of dieting in total. So the first, we did a first, we did like, so when I joined, um, we did like a one and a half year push, like pretty much one and a half years bang on. Um, just pure like bulk. Um, then we did like an eight-week mini cut. Then another year push, um, and then we just did a twelve-week diet. Um, just like not that long ago, um, but now we're like firmly like I think like twelve weeks into the next push-up, uh, which again will probably be a year long. Um, there seems to be a theme here that I'm doing very long push-ups, and uh, there's a reason for it because I just need a lot more muscle. So yeah, yeah. Well, and that that's where you kind of make the progress, isn't it? When you're kind of dieting, like that's just ultimately when you reveal the tissue. I think a lot of people they want to be lean, diet frequently, look good all the time, but like that's not where the progress is made, isn't it? Yeah, hundred percent. And like, if I was at the position when I started with AJ, and say I only like pushed up like myself for like three or four months further um, than where I was, and then wanted to diet for the summer, etc. Realistically, I wouldn't have made that much progress. Um, and yes, like it's a bit challenging, especially the first time around being like 
peak off season, like during the summer, it's obviously not the nicest if you want to go out and things like that. But ultimately, if you want to make a lot of progress to your physique, then it is needed. You are going to have to spend some summers where you are peak off season. You just are, um, and yes, it's going to get pretty hot and pretty sweaty within the gym. But in years to come, you'll be thankful that you did, and I am very grateful um, to obviously AJ and also like thankful to myself that I stuck at it um, because now I can like actually like understand the rewards of like just pushing for a long time and um, it's definitely something i preach towards all of my clients um it's just like stick with it um for as long as possible really definitely same here and i think something like about obviously you will look worse short term if you're going to dedicate yourself to a gaining phase but what i find is like each time you kind of push yourself up diet down again you'll look better at the same level of body fat so like for example you at peak gaining phase now will look much better at peak gaining phase for your first kind of push-up because you've got more muscle tissue you've got more shape to show for it so ultimately like if you kind of dedicate yourself to these push-ups you're going to look better than 99 percent of individuals that don't go to the gym anyway and you're gonna have a lot more progress to show for it than just staying lean aren't you yeah 100 100 um and yeah if you have like big long-term goals like Staying lean is just not going to get you there, like bottom line, um, especially if you want to compete, do well, etc. Um, then you need to just like embrace the off season. You really do. Definitely. And with gaining for kind of such a long period throughout those three years, what has helped you kind of maintain a sense of urgency? Like what's helped you kind of stay on the ball and stay consistent? Because obviously that's a really long time. And obviously your goal, long-term goal is to, to compete and you've, you're still not kind of, got that you're still not there if that makes sense you've been gaining for that long so how how have you kind of maintained that sense of urgency and consistency throughout that period have you got any tips um i mean don't get me wrong like there has been moments where i've thought oh this is getting repetitive like i just feel like i'm not really going anywhere because obviously especially like peak off season like you just look the same week to week like things aren't yeah. going in much of a direction um, you are just sort of doing the do sort of thing however you kind of just have to like separate yourself from the look and really just focus like within the gym in terms of like logbook numbers chasing down like progressions and things like that because at the end of the day obviously you aren't gonna see constant changes within your physique at peak off season and like especially if you're going to commit to a long-term goal you've just got to stick at it that's literally it you've just got to think of like the longer term picture um and just really focus on like gym performance like chasing after logbooks like progressions etc um and really just focus on that and then like keep it on top of like appetite and things like that and then eventually like when you do diet down um like you'll see the rewards of that i think my first diet especially um did reveal like sort of the benefits if that makes sense um and really like not like was like yes i've made loads of progress because obviously i did but it sort of gave me an insight that like actually this is working like i'm not where i want to be i know if i keep doing this i will get there so that gave me like a bit of like hope if that makes sense um to therefore take into future gaining phases that i know if i just stick at it it will like come about if that makes sense yeah definitely i've oh i found the same myself and just with clients like if they're doing their first push-up they're always like worried about how they're looking they're holding body fat here they're holding body fat there and they're kind of a bit apprehensive about it during that push-up but then when they diet down again you they get kind of that reassurance right what they've done's worked so then what i find with like clients is they're not kind of afraid to push their body up again because they know they can strip it off and they know 
it's going to be worth it at the end. Whereas first push up, you don't know that. You're just kind of sometimes like looking worse, although you're being maybe more consistent than you ever have, ticking all your boxes. Uh, I can appreciate it can be disheartening for some folk in that regard. 100%. Like my first push up, like I didn't look the best. Like I really didn't. I was a very like skinny like, typical person when i started especially um i like towards the end of like the push up like i didn't look the best my shape was just like a complete mess and um, obviously like i found my body fat etc but i just knew i just had to stick in it and obviously then when i dieted down it then revealed it all um sort of like the muscle that i had built um so it is just a case of like with your first push up just sticking with it as much as possible and just really focusing on like your gym performance um, and just know that in the long run when you dive down next it will be worth it um, and you'll sort of reap the rewards of that long push up definitely and like throughout your gaining phases have you had any kind of issues in regards to certain body parts not responding as well as you'd like and as well as others? Uh, for sure, arms, 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 arms. They are absolutely the bane of my life right now. And I'm still currently trying to bring them up um, right now. That's hence why I'm doing an arm day. Um, but yeah, to be fair, um, most things have come up like fairly evenly, I'd say. Um, the progress on my back in particular over the last, the last push-up has been like, a lot more like it's probably the most it's come up ever um, but that's probably just down to like just execution um intensity just leveling up and things like that um, but yeah i'd say at the moment like arms are my weakness probably delts as well other than delts um so at the moment we're just giving them a bit more love like just trying to increase the volume where possible like making sure intensity execution is like spot on as much as possible um because like next time i die down i do not want small arms so i'm my arms, arms are a strong point to myself either to be honest so i'm not got much tips there but i'm kind of same with yourself with like my back my back on the initial kind of gaining phase i done didn't really respond that well and i think it is partly like knowledge and also learning how to kind of execute and connect with your back well because there's there's so much bits of tissue on the back side of your body and there's so much that can move load and i think if you if like you don't have the knowledge it's for or it depends if it's a genetically good body part then it will grow fine but if it's not then I think it takes time learning how to maybe do certain movements to bias different parts of your back and uh, using just obviously things like every other body part, like a full range, making sure tempo's in a good spot as well as that. But just knowing how to execute it correctly, I think's a big part of it. 100%, 100%, especially when it comes to back. Like, obviously, you can't technically see it, so people always struggle to, like, feel it and things like that and, like actually the muscle that they're using um so yeah it, is, it does take time and it obviously is a skill um but yeah the main thing is just time patience and just like, executing things as best as possible and regarding your arms and delts you said they were also a weakness for yourself uh what have you you said you i think you said you played a bit with volume as well uh to mm, try and yes. kind of rectify it and yeah. bring them up so what do you look for in terms of right how much how do you know to do more volume how do you know that's kind of the right thing to do and what else have you maybe considered when kind of trying to bring them up so before increasing volume what you've got to look at is execution are you executing things like to 100 because if you're not then you're missing out on that and you should focus on that first but 
if you're like executing everything to like 100%, your intensity is absolutely spot on, like across the board, then you can look at increasing your volume across that like certain body part. Then what you've got to look at is like, okay, what am I going to be able to recover from by the next session? So for example, me, for example, I have pushed every five days. So that's a fair amount of time in terms of between push sessions. So therefore, I can probably get away with an extra set of pressing. So I now do three sets of an overhead press rather than two that I was doing prior. However, if you were doing something like push like every two or three days, for example, like wherever your split was, I would perhaps look at something like a smaller body part, um, like, for example, your side delts and look at an isolation exercise um, because obviously there are very small muscle groups so they can handle a lot more volume like workload in total um, so i would just whack on an extra set or two of like side lateral raises um, because overall it's going to be less fatiguing compared to like a big overhead press um, especially if you're quite strong it's going to be quite fatiguing so um, firstly look at intensity and execution um, then if those two are spot on then look at increasing volume depending on your split um, and your setup in terms of your recovery capabilities, whether you increase like an isolation or you whether increase like a like a compound movement, for example. But for myself, um, I literally added a set of like overhead pressing, um, took all my laterals up to like three sets, but they were pretty much at three sets anyway. Um, and then arms is like as like a whole day as well, um, which I've worked into my split. So recovery is not too impacted on that but the main thing is focus on intensity and execution first then you can look to increase volume i think that's definitely the right route to go down because a lot of people if they start with the latter if they start by increasing volume what what ultimately i think ends up happening is the quality of their work is just diminished and i think like what's going to build muscle is doing low like a lower overall amount of sets but really really high quality rather than the other end of the spectrum in my opinion because you're just not going to get those effective and stimulative reps and then the overall amount of loading I think is just going to decrease really so I think that's definitely the right route to go down yeah for sure and you typically look at the people who do like four sets of eight to twelve and chances are their intensity or execution is absolutely in the bin um, and there's no wonder why they're not growing it's because it's not because their volume their volume is pretty high obviously it's actually their intensity and execution yeah definitely and I think as a whole like with clients uh, I think, and just seeing individuals in the gym, like when when people don't make progress, like it's rarely because they've not got this certain movement for a certain muscle. It's not because they're not doing some magic exercise with a reverse band. It's like they're just not training hard enough. It's like I think a lot of problems can be nah, solved in regards it. to training just by training ridiculously hard. Yeah, pretty much bang on there. And uh, glad you agree there. And with your current training split, what are you currently running at the moment? So what does your like full training day or full kind of training split look like or micro cycle, if you want to use a fancy word? Um, so at the minute it is push, pull, off, legs off. Um, so obviously two rotations, but there's a day in once every 10 days. So it goes push, pull, off, legs off, push, pull, arms, legs off. Um, so yeah, two rotations of basically push-pull legs. Um, but to be honest, that's the split that I've run for like the last probably two years, maybe year and a half, two years, basically throughout the last push-up um, and obviously the diet phase. And I think like for me, like it's worked really, really well. Um, definitely seen the most 
growth over the last year. Um, and like I very much enjoy it. That's the main thing as well. Um, like I go into the sessions like fairly recovered. Um, yeah, enjoyment's like pretty high. So I'm not going to change it really anytime soon. I don't think. Definitely, because obviously that's going to be a big, big driver of adherence. Not that adherence is probably something that's going to impact your consistency yourself, but you can't deny it's going to just impact your overall enjoyment for the process. And I think over like a gaining phase or a large space of time, if you're absolutely itching to step in the gym, I think your results are going to be better from that than like going in and doing something you're not going to enjoy and not really being in the mood to train at all. Hundred percent, and obviously that goes back to the point of like the point that I made about like sticking out like long gaining phases is that another tip that you may be able to do is like if you've been on the same training plan with the same movements and you are like really getting like a little bit bored of it of the monotony instead of just dieting perhaps just like mixing up some of your training movements um, or even your split for example that may just help push on for like another four or five months that can really show within your physique uh, rather than just dieting early you know yeah definitely because it's like it's a balancing act that like you want to obviously do what's what's going to be effective you want to keep movement similar log book them progress them over time but like like we just touched on if you're hating your training that's not going to yield kind of great results so it's it's kind of balancing act between that and also making sure you're enjoying it and if that's i think swapping a movement now and then i don't think that's gonna kind of harm your results in that much of a negative manner no 100 percent. i don't i completely agree completely agree so initially when you kind of went to aj like what split were you on prior to the split you're running now and why have you now transitioned to your current split um so the first ever split around was um i believe a four day split four days a week which was pull push off upper legs off off um and it basically just worked around uh, my sort of like previous work schedule um, and like the main focus was to bring up my upper body. My quads weren't too bad. Um, I had zero hamstring, but um, mainly it was like upper body that I was lacking. So um, that was sort of the focus and just sort of shifted around like sort of my current work schedule. Um, and then it sort of, then I sort of transitioned um, towards like the push-pull um, sort of setup when I started training with Adam. Um, and then we sort of like transitioned into that split and that's when also i sort of gave up my previous job um and just went into like full-time online coaching so um it also gave me a lot more time to be able to like train when i wanted etc uh, which is also probably another reason why i sort of went on to the push ball leg split um, if i was still at that old job chances are i probably would have still been on the same four day split it probably would have changed over time um obviously i wouldn't have had as much free time that i do now to do like push pull off legs off um so yeah sort of a combination of obviously starting to train with adam um, so like in my job and doing full-time online coaching um sort of led me to be able to train a little bit more um so therefore have a few extra sessions here and there yeah it makes sense i think something big is making sure it fits your routine or schedule because like if you've got a, like you said your split's kind of on a 10-day rotation am i right in saying that yeah 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 i think like if if someone's maybe got maybe they've got like set work days and it's really not feasible for them to train certain days. I think that's where maybe having like a seven day split is like really valuable for some individuals. So it actually works for their routine and their kind of lifestyle. And because ultimately like if you're cramming a session in, but it's yielding maybe poor sleep, poor recovery and uh, a lot of stress. And I think that split's never going to be optimal for that individual and they're better doing something, maybe a lower frequency or 
maybe a training setup that on paper doesn't look perfect, but works for their schedule and their kind of their week. Yeah, hundred percent. Like when I was training, like on the four day split, two of those sessions were on my days off, and then the sessions I'd have to train like after work. Sometimes I wouldn't get till like nine half nine at night. Um, so obviously, it did have an impact on like sleep, um, like meal timings, things like that. That's why the majority of my well half the sessions were predominantly on my days off, um, so that it didn't impact other areas, and that's probably why I only had like four days um, sort of training at the start. Um, not because it's the most optimal, but mainly because it fitted my routine um, and sort of didn't, didn't impact um, sort of any other variables, like you said, um, like sleep and things like that. Yeah, definitely. Like it's it's obviously not ideal. Like having to kind of rush home and go immediately to sleep. You're you're just not going to get the same same sleep quality, especially if you're trying to eat post workout, etc. So it's good to kind of have your day set up where you have plenty of time. And in regards to training with Adam, like how did you just kind of meet, and how pivotal do you think he's he's been in your training, like training with someone? Because uh, obviously he's he's got he's got quite a lot of obviously experience training. And he's done very well last year, I believe, not last year, year prior competing. How's he influenced your training? Yeah, quite a lot. Um, so in terms of like sort of how we sort of get started with that, um, basically I moved to the coach, um, if you've not heard of it, gym in Cambridge, not a gym. Um, and then I'd been there about a week. So I'd already sent AJ like all the equipment, et cetera, for him to program me sessions, et cetera. Um, and then like about a week later adam joined the coach um and i had no well i had no idea who adam was like he was just a regular person to me i didn't know idea. um and yeah so he joined like a week after me and i remember him talking to the owner um asking the owner if there's been any more kit added since i joined because obviously aj already had this sort of um sort of like program list anyway for all the kit in there um and he was like no there's not been anything and i was in the gym at that point and then that's when the owner introduced me to adam because he was talking about me or something so i was like oh you're right um and then yeah we got chatting um just like oh you're right oh you're coached by aj yeah me too um and that was about it really um and then we'd see each at this point i was still working my other job so um i was still doing the four day a week split um and then we were just like every now and then we'd see each other and we'd be like, oh yeah, we need to get a session in, we need to get a session in, you know, classic, bro, need to get a session in kind of thing. And, and then the new year came around and I'd quit my job. Um, and we'd had a few sessions together at this point. Um, and then basically I'd quit my job and I said to him, like, do you want to train together all the time? Um, I hadn't had a full, like, full-time training partner before. Um, and he was... I think he was just like training solo so um he was happy to like train together so that's pretty much how we started um i was just like you want to train and he was like yeah so i had all the time in the world um to sort of train whenever um which works for me but um yeah we just started training and obviously um he started prep like a few months after that um so obviously i pretty much trained every single session um uh, with him throughout prep um, and it was a big eye opener for sure like definitely one leveled up my training intensity for sure um, simply because like we used to just fucking send it and just like force reps on everything um, and it was great fun like it was absolutely great um, but definitely like took my intensity up to a whole new level for sure um, and then in terms of just like an eye opener like massive eye opener especially seeing him prep and seeing like firsthand what he goes for not only for like my own coaching knowledge um, and coaching eye but also just to see day to day like 
how he is and how he reacts to different situations, etc. Like, just gave me a massive insight in terms of how it's going to be like when I compete. Obviously, like, I'm still like a few years away yet from competing. Obviously, you've already done it once and you're doing it again next year. I'm not even close yet, you know. So, obviously, that gave me like a big understanding in terms of what it's actually like to compete, etc. And how you sort of are day to day. So, yeah, just a general like big eye opener, uh, big level up in terms of intensity. Uh, and things like that but yeah it was great to be honest and um today we like we still train together today here and there we have like a few sessions like within the rotation together um, some of our sessions are a bit different now because obviously different like weak points and things like that but um but yeah no it was great it was great yeah well thanks for that it, that's the thing about kind of training with someone like bodybuilding is in, in a way a very selfish sport and you obviously want to make sure you're maximizing your progress and doing what's needed to get the most out of your training. And if someone's got, let's say, a different different needs than yourself, it's kind of hard to both kind of train together on a consistent basis, isn't it? Unless you obviously have the same weak body parts and strong body parts, but that is quite rare, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. Like, um, like obviously when Adam was prepping, etc., I was just like, yeah, I'll come and do your sessions. Like, it's fine. And we had pretty much the same sessions. Um, and then yeah. obviously as we've like transitioned both into like off season, um, like I need more arms. He does not need any more arms. He could give some arms to me and still yeah, have no. plenty, you know? So a lot more arms for me needed. Um, so yeah, literally just like different body parts need to come up, etc. Um, but we do have a few sessions that we do do together, um, like legs and things like that. So it is still nice, but, um, but yeah, like at the end of the day, you do have to focus on yourself like obviously adam needs to focus on his weak body parts and i need to focus on mine um because at the end of the day like it's it's you're on your own out there like it's not like a you're in a team sport you know uh but it is nice to have someone to train with for sure um but i don't mind training on my own or like with someone i'm not too bothered really yeah what about yourself have you ever had like a long-term like training park uh not really so the gym i train at like i've got a few kind of what I'd class as close mates to train like at similar times so I'm never kind of training kind of with them at the same session but like they come in round about similar time and like we'll just kind of go and spot each other on certain movements etc and our training setup's pretty similar like for example when my client's Graham like I'm on a push pull legs then push back and hamstrings he does push pull legs upper lower so like we're in we're in doing the kind of a similar body part half of the time anyway so we can get a spot off each other that sort of thing so it works out pretty well in that regard but we've still got our split orientated around each other's needs and we're not kind of doing something that's maybe not going to be conducive towards our goals if that makes sense so we've got our, our own setup but yeah it kind of works quite well in that regard yeah that's quite nice because then you've got your own stuff but you can still rely on someone to like get a spot and things like that and it'd be like a decent spot you know yeah definitely so bit of a segue like we're gonna if it's all right with you touch on things about nutrition related find out about about like what your current diet's like so do you outline kind of what your yeah. are you on a meal plan or do you have a macro approach at the moment um so it is pretty much a meal plan i eat pretty much the same thing every day um but if there's something different i'll like work it in i'm not too strict on it um i tend to eat the, pretty much the same thing every day and why do you go for like a meal plan approach why do you think that's kind of appropriate for your goals instead of maybe if it fits your macros 
Personally, um, like I think there's nothing wrong with if it fits your macros. Like if that works for you, it works for you. It's not a problem. Um, I just think for me, especially with the amount of food that I have to eat, uh, like in the off season, uh, like I have a very adaptive metabolism. So my food gets very high in the off season and also very low within like a dieting phase. Like it went from like um, like five thousand three hundred calories peak off season, like eight fifty carb to like sub two thousand in the diet, which it's just wild um so yeah obviously in like off season much prefer just having like a meal plan just eating the same thing every day because what i found prior to having a coach and like getting with aj is the biggest thing i struggled with was sticking to nutrition like actually getting the food in and that's why i was always skinny because i'd never eat enough so i found that stressing about like getting enough food in every single day like tracking my food and then getting to like eight o'clock at night and i've got two thousand calories left that would just stress me the hell out so I just think having like a set sort of meal plan that I can just follow. If I just eat this amount of food every single day, I know I'm going to grow. So if I just stick to that, it's just a lot easier rather than stressing about it. Um, because especially when you have to eat a lot of food, the last thing you want to do is like get to the evening and you've got like half your calories worth. Um, so for me, I've always just found that eating like a meal plan type, um, like meals is a lot better for me um, simply because of just like being able to get the food in, etc. But I will say, like, for our off-season, like, I'm, like, not as strict as I am in, obviously, a diet. Like, if I want to swap a meal out, so, for example, if I want to have, like, rice instead of pasta, I will. You know, things like that I'm not too strict upon. Um, it's just main, mainly getting in the meals, really. Definitely. There's no point kind of losing sleep over it. As long as it's kind of digesting well, and if you kind of have that, that flexibility when you're gaining, you're going to be kind of, like, nice and fresh mentally to go into a dieting phase and be able to kind of stick to it consistently, aren't you? Hundred percent, hundred percent. What about yourself? Are you on a meal plan right now, or do you prefer the like macros approach, or does that change like during like an off season or prep sort of? Because I imagine you'd be on a meal plan like during prep. Yeah, oh, I I believe I transitioned from like a macro approach to if it to like a meal plan. I believe it was my pre prep diet, the last one I done, so not that pre prep diet there before my first prep, and like before. Before that, like I was, I just basically made me my own meal plan. So AJ obviously gave me macronutrients to kind of have, and then I just constructed that into a meal plan myself. So then when it came to like pre prep, a new prep was coming up. So I just wanted to kind of take that stress away and get him to do it for me because it's at least it's kind of less work for me to, to do on my end. And I know if he's kind of constructed a meal plan, then I'm I'm nailing everything to the best of my ability. I've got kind of the best setup with my nutrition possible. And like as you were saying, like I think it's I think it's a lot more convenient. I don't even have to think about it. I just make my meals, eat it, and I'm fine. And then obviously when you're in a gaining phase, pushing food up, you can obviously if you're having different food choices all the time, it can potentially make it a bit hard to write know if it's definitely gonna be appropriate in regards to your hunger levels, etc. Like if you choose maybe a food source and then it it turns out that you're like stuffed off it or you're struggling to get the food in that has a knock on effect on your next meal i just i just rather have something where i definitely know i'm going to be able to kind of have that food and it's going to sit well and i can just repeat that and not have to kind of think about or have time out of my day to kind of prepare that food for sure for sure completely understand yeah with a uh, with clients as well i i recommend like obviously if it fits your macros can work uh, as well as a meal plan i i think 
what's what's maybe best is somewhere in the middle for some individuals like general population because if let's say you've got if it fits your macros it's a bit of a pain in the arse like being on my fitness pal every single meal whereas if you've got maybe a blend of both some meals are similar or the same you've got routine with it that means you're not having to track every single meal from scratch and just wing every single day hitting your calories and macros yeah exactly like it is a lot less stressful like going on my fitness power every single day like working out and chances are after a while you're probably going to eat the same things anyway like there's amount of clients that i've had that are like i'll say to them at start like oh do you want a meal plan do you want to just track your own macros like how do you want to go about it? and they're like no i'm happy to track my own macros uh, like i quite like tracking it etc like cool that's fine not a problem um and then if like a few months in they're just like actually i eat the same thing every day do i need to input this and i'll just be like right let's just create a meal plan what you normally eat um and then you can just stick to that and let me know if you change it etc and normally that's how it goes um uh, because people often find that like just eating the same thing is actually a lot easier than like just stressing yeah. about it so and i think clients that have that structure in my opinion get kind of the best results uh, or at least having like some some structure in that and they're not just sporadic with their nutrition so you can yeah, you for also sure, for touch sure. just because it's a lot more consistent across like all bases. Definitely. You touched on your kind of calorie intake being was it upwards of five thousand and then below two thousand during your diet, was that right? Yeah, yeah. So how does your food food sources and food choices kind of change when it comes to being in a gaining phase and then being in a dieting phase to manage that super high and super low calorie intake? So in off season, uh, mainly like sources will come from like things like bagels, uh, rice, pasta, potatoes, mainly things like in off season, things that digest really, really well. Um, chances are in a dieting phase when you're dieting, most things are going to digest well anyway, uh, because you're on lower food anyway. So your body's just going to like uptake anything that you put in, um, especially if you get super low anyway. Uh, but yeah, when it comes to off season and pushing up food, digest really really well that's number one two also something that you enjoy there's nothing worse than like eating five thousand calories worth of something that you really really just don't enjoy um so um main thing is digest well and secondly something that you enjoy um so for me like when i get up to like 850 carb i am gonna have things like squares bars things like jam things like Pop-Tarts, if you've seen my stories, you know I'm a big fan of like frozen Pop-Tarts. They're the absolute goat. Um, so in off-season, I will have things like that. But then when it comes to dieting, like as soon as I shift into that diet mode, all of those things are taken out. So it will literally be mostly like whole sources um, and things like rice, um, things like potato, things like that. Um, but main thing is just like whole foods. And then like as it gets to like peak off season, um, like other things will be introduced um, as long as they digest well. It's all good. Like orange juice as well. Um, absolute hack for the off season. But again, when it comes to dieting, that's completely gone. Um, and also when I'm like dieting, like I will pick sources, um, that are just a lot more bang for your buck, if that makes sense. Like I won't just have like a squares, but I'd much rather have like a, a bigger portion of rice because ultimately it's going to fill me up and also it's better for you, you know? Um, so yeah, obviously it does shift like between like dieting and obviously off season. Um, but the main thing is that you enjoy it and like it digests well, that's the big thing. Definitely. And I like what you're saying regarding like removing those food choices when it comes to a diet i think that's where a lot of people struggle is like they might want to maybe have some squares bars in there or foods are what you'd say a bit more tasty than maybe plain foods but it's enjoyable in the moment but then you're just left hungry your food focus is higher and it's just harder to kind of stick to your diet as a whole i think 
hundred percent, hundred percent. And like the people that do um, like really cling on to like those sort of things within their dieting phase, often, like you say, do have troubles with their food focus and things like that. And their appetite is like super high. Um, whereas someone who like just sticks to like whole foods, etc., chances are their appetite is going to be like a lot like managed a lot better um and their food focus is going to be lower um but obviously everyone's different but um that's like just a general like rule of thumb really definitely and uh what's your go-to flavor of bagel then have you got in your diet flavor of bagel or oh, yeah. i to be honest I'm quite a boring man to be honest when it comes to bagel it's literally just the plain plain right. warburton has to be warburton has to be warburton what about yourself? Give me, give me yours. Uh, I just I shop at Aldi, and they obviously they don't even do the cinnamon raisins, so I just get usually the plain ones or the sesame seed ones. Have you tried the cookies and cream bagels? Can you hear me okay? I have. I have tried. Hello, hello. Yeah, I've got you. Sorry, it was just a bit of delay. Uh, you tried them? Okay, cool. No worries. I was quite disappointed, to be honest. What's that? Sorry. I was quite disappointed in them. About, they like about, about the plain bagels. The cookies and cream bagels. Yeah, but I'd say my go-to is cinnamon and raisin. That's my favourite anyway. Oh, really? That, that, is, that is a shame. And uh, what about shame. like off-plan meals? How can... Can you hear me okay? Um, you good? So in terms of like off-plan meals, um, like throughout the off-season, it'll probably be just like one a week. Um, nothing like too major if I've got things on. I'll push it to two, um, but when, again, when it comes to dieting, like I won't have. Like... Hello, hello, yeah, can you hear me? Yep, good. I got everything regarding off-plan meals. Sorry, it's all good. Can you hear me? All right. Yeah, you got me. Yeah. Yeah. So you were saying regarding off-plan meals, one times a week, sometimes two. Is that right? Yeah, so in off-season, like once a week, sometimes two, depending on if I've got like family things on, etc. Um, so yeah, that's in off-season, like once a week, absolutely fine. Um, like that's the time where you should enjoy food and enjoy like social occasions, etc. Um, because obviously when it comes to like, like, you know yourself like in a prep, off-plan meals are not a thing for like months and months and months. Like I'm sure like you didn't go out like you didn't go for a long time without having like something like a pizza or something like that i'm sure um but yeah when it comes to dieting typically i won't have any off-plan meals like even in my recent mini cut um i think i may have had like one um again that was tracked um simply because i just had like an event on but apart from that like i wouldn't have had like any off-plan meals um so yeah dieting phase i typically personally don't have any um but then when it comes to off season once a week at least if that um again like it's good to just enjoy different foods etc um however like with clients like some like lifestyle clients that i do have um i have like implemented like one a week regardless if they're like dieting or not um just because of their enjoyment factor and their goals but for me specifically in my goals um like when it comes to dieting no off-plan meals whatsoever um simply because just to get into that routine really um because when i know when it comes around to prep there's not going to be any off-plan meals whatsoever it's just going to be more rice really um, as i'm sure you're aware of um no off-plan meals for like six months yeah i think the only the only thing off-plan i had during prep was and well it wasn't off-plan because we kind of discussed and arranged it so it was technically on plan it was a nando's after one of my shows but then again like i fit that into my macros from my last meal so it wasn't really 
if it wasn't like going all out or crazy or that. But I agree regarding kind of having your off plan meals in when you're in a gaining phase. Uh, and I think something to obviously be mindful of is enjoying them, having that mental break, but obviously not skewing digestion because that's obviously a big consideration. If you're having like 5,000 upwards calories a day, you can't really, you can't have much room for error when it comes to your food sources, I believe. Would you agree? Oh, 100%. 100%. Um, That's one of the biggest things that I'm sort of speaking to a few of my clients about at the moment is that they're getting towards like the upper end of their like off season and they're having off player meals and they're like the next day their digestion's like ruined and therefore it just affects the couple of the next couple of days of like eating and things like that. So for sure, like I'm very like not particular, like uh, I would have similar things like every time i have an off-plan meal simply because it just digests well especially like peak end of the off season um i don't want anything to like disrupt my digestive system especially when appetite's low as well um you want to obviously keep that in check as much as possible so um yeah 100 percent a massive massive important factor um for when like deciding like off-plan meals yeah and sometimes like when you're when you're in that spot peak gaining feature like your food focus is just so low like you don't even kind of care about them and you just kind of want to eat your diet sometimes i find 100 percent, 100 percent. uh definitely have gone through weeks where i just don't really fancy anything and i just want to eat rice you know just because it's easy um just get it down sort of thing yeah and uh what what would you typically have for an off-plan meal what's your go-to or oh, go to now it depends it depends if i'm with the missus or not because she is a big chinese fan um and i don't mind chinese chinese is okay um i'm i would typically like most of the time opt for like either a domino's a burger or like fish and chips they're like the top three top three fish and domino's, chips. Domino's. yeah you don't even get brown sauce on it down there do you in england oh absolutely not absolutely not no chance See that that's that's a staple up here no nah, no chance <laughs> bear with me one second no problem sorry about that i'm back no no you're all good i can just uh can crop that out anyway as well as the lags as well uh so few okay. listener questions no before we go that all good can you me okay i think you cut out on that last yep. bit you yeah, yeah 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 oh sorry sorry so a few listener questions so first of all someone's asked how would you kind of go about maximizing okay, yeah. development if that's kind of a weak body part in your physique how would I what sorry on my physique? I didn't catch that last bit. How how would you go about bringing up hamstrings if they're a weakness on your physique? How would you maximize the development of them? Oh, okay. So um, in terms of hamstrings, so firstly, again, intensity, execution. Look at those two, um, like within like your leg sessions, because chances are you're not taking them all the way to failure. Um, Secondly, place a ham curl um, towards the start of your session. So I always start a leg session with like leg extensions and seated hamstring curl. Um, I always do them prior to like a big compound just because I can get the most out of them. So potentially shifting your like isolation work prior to your compound work. Um, then you can look at sort of increasing volume um, sort of across the week. So I have a set of hamstring curl on pull at the moment because obviously I need to bring up my hamstrings a little bit more. So I have one set on pull um, and then the usual volume on like legs, etc. Um, you can also look at running um, your hinge 
as a like hamstring dominant so picking things like an rdl or even like a strict stiff leg over like a conventional deadlift um, again that's just going to carry over into um, like hamstring development um, and glute development as well um, but main thing is like intensity that's like biggest thing um, across most people's training is just like intensity um, and like shifting it towards like the start of your session just so the quality of work is a lot higher yeah, I definitely agree and you don't really you don't like get into your your compounds when it comes to legs and think I'm absolutely trash because I've done those hamstring curls prior they don't really have much negative effect uh, in terms of your performance and you don't feel that kind of fatigue from them in my opinion yeah exactly exactly that and next question is how do you know when you should kind of perform a dieting phase like when when would be the right time to diet uh, let's say someone's i believe their context is they're maybe in a gaining phase pushing their body weight up they're wanting to kind of know when to diet back then hello did, did you get that about the dieting phase or i think it, just lagged, out. it lagged a little bit towards the end sorry mate so it's uh how how or where when would you kind of put in a dieting phase for like a client and how do you know when maybe the right time a diet dieting phase would be for an individual okay, okay perfect um, so in terms of like when to do an actual diet um, there's a few like factors that you can sort of look for one and probably the most common one is appetite is in the bin like if you cannot eat the food you probably not going to grow um so biggest sign to look out for is like just absolute loss of appetite again similarly to that digestion digestion is in the bin uh there's another key point in terms of looking when the right time is to mini cut um obviously like if you've gained too much body fat again however that's like kind of individual to each person in terms of like their body fat levels and like how far they've pushed but um if you've been pushing for a substantial amount of time um like six eight nine months plus um and like you've put on a fair amount of like weight overall um and you've worked your calories up you've gone stronger like and if you're starting to see these signs of appetites in the bin digestions in the bin um you're just generally not feeling the best like you're feeling a bit sluggish um sleep quality isn't the best um just generally feeling a bit meh within yourself um just day-to-day -day and like day-to-day -day activities then that could be a sign um that you sort of need to run like a mini cut but um yeah look at mainly those few things um prior to sort of like planning out a mini cut um but the main thing is just like appetite digestion just general like feeling within yourself like are you feeling like, sluggish things like that productivity um and just generally feeling a bit like fucked basically yeah just looking out for those red flags yeah for sure and someone's also asked what training split do you recommend uh, obviously there's not much context behind this so let's say that this person's i think relatively relatively new to training and let's say they've not got any kind of time limitations or days they can't train what what split would you generally, I know it's not like a one size fits all approach, but for this question answer, what would you kind of program someone in regards to maybe a split if they're just getting into the gym? Um, so you kind of, in terms of like, obviously it's a little bit of a vague question, but if they're just starting out um, and like say they've been to like the gym for a little bit, but like not really, like they just want to take it a bit more seriously. Um, I would probably opt for either an upper lower split or something like a push-pull legs and then an upper-lower. Basically something that you're training at least everything twice a week. That was something that's like 
bottom line should be done um, is like training everything at least twice a week um, and then secondly just working around sort of like your routine um, like your work schedule things like that but obviously you said like this person doesn't really have one um, so yeah try and hit everything twice a week allow yourself to work around your schedule your routine etc um, and thirdly make sure you incorporate rest days as well because rest days are really really important i have people that come to me and they're just like yeah i want to train every day and i'm like no you're not you're not training every day um you don't need to um so yeah i would either opt for like upper lower um because it's a very very good split for someone who's like beginner full body is another one um again like people often get sort of like they're not as a fan of upper body as like um no, sorry, full body rather than like upper lower. Um, so I would always like opt for like upper lower or like a push pull legs and then an upper lower sort of within that week. So to ensure everything is hit twice a week. I definitely agree, and I think when you're starting out, you don't you don't need to kind of have a day designated for chest. Like you don't need that amount of volume to kind of grow a body part. And uh, with like having a full body split, that's something I've obviously considered for clients. But I think on paper it sounds good, it sounds effective, but I don't think most people like you said, enjoy it, one, and two, I don't think people train hard enough to warrant progressing on that split, sadly, although on paper, it would be a good split for someone to kind of start out of. Yeah, 100%, like, that's the thing with the full body split, is, like, you have to be able to train hard, um, and I ran it for about six, seven months, I think, post-lockdown, um, and it did get pretty hard towards the end, but if you don't know how to like train hard and like train properly, you're not going to get the most out of it. So it's a lot easier to sort of focus on like upper lower or like a combination of upper lower and push ball legs. Um, and also like, like you said, it's chances are they're going to enjoy it a bit more as well because upper lower, uh, I'm sorry, full body is uh, quite, a, quite an intense split going to do like yeah. a hack squat and then going over to do like a dumbbell press or something like that. Yeah, definitely. I'd agree with you there. And I think, People don't, you don't really get much of a pump from doing kind of full body, do you? Oh, you might, but it's not as kind of good as doing like a direct pull day or a push day or that. And I think that's something that does impact people's enjoyment. Yeah, for sure. Um, like you said, getting that pump and just like allowing people to enjoy it, um, especially when they're starting out, that is a big factor um, because like mm -hmm. otherwise they're just not going to stick at it long term. So enjoyment is like high priority within that list. Definitely. Yeah, uh, so thank you very much for coming on, mate. I uh, really appreciate it. Is there anything you want to kind of touch on, or any topics, or anything you'd like to discuss before we go? Or think? No, I think uh, I think we've covered a good few topics there. To be fair, there should be some good information for the listeners. Uh, but no, thank you for having me on, mate. Uh, it's an absolute pleasure. Uh, I really, really appreciate it. No problem, mate. Pleasure is mine. Would you like to tell everyone where they can find you, and uh, like your social media platforms, etc. Yeah, so main one is Instagram. It's just Charlie underscore Everall. Um, if you listen to this in the future, maybe there'll be YouTube. Um, who never knows? Maybe next year. Um, so if you listen in the future, then maybe. But yeah, main thing is on Instagram, um, like Charlie underscore Everall. Um, you can find me on there for sort of all sort of social media and like content and coaching and things like that. Perfect. And I'll uh, make sure I'll link your Instagram in the description. So everyone do check Charlie out and drop him a follow. Appreciate it. No problem. Oh, uh, yeah, thank you very much for coming on and thank you very much for listening.